0: recognize your truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that give you tools to live up to your full potential. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I have a special guest on, Maricela Abasta, and she runs the Life Empowerment Academy, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about how she uses her real-life experiences and helps women, um, mostly women, um, live a work-life balance, and so welcome, Maricela. Thank
1: you. Happy to be here.
0: Um, so I would like for you to kind of share a little bit about your journey and what led you to starting the Life Empowerment Academy.
1: So I um I my journey started about uh I went in 2010. Uh actually it started way before that. It started about 24 years ago. Um I was 24 years old and I was in the depths of depression. Um, I had two small kids. I have five children now, but two small kids at the time. And, um, I, um, I was a hot mess. Uh, you know, went your typical route, went to the doctors. They said, Oh, it's not curable here. Take this pill. And, um, you know, you'll, you need serotonin, you know, they would tell me those things. And so none of that was working for me. And, um, uh, this one day I just uh, had thought that I had killed myself because I got to a point I lasted that way for four years. Uh, the last year I um, was the worst and that was where I was in a deep clinical depression. And um, so this one day I, I would take my kids to school, drop them off, come home, set my alarm and sleep all day until it was time to pick them up. And uh, this one day I uh, woke up, I knew I was awake, my alarm was off, I knew I was awake but I couldn't move my body. And for a split second, um, I had thought I had killed myself, and I began screaming in my head for God to help me, and um, he did. I literally jumped out of bed. I had this uh, surge of energy, ran to my front room, which is where the TV was. I didn't know why I was running to the front room, looking for the remote, frantically turned it on and sat down, and, and it was a man on Oprah. And at that very second that I sat down, he was pointing at the TV screen. He said, "If you're suffering from depression, it's curable, and this is how you do it." And so that's where my journey began. I bought his book. I learned everything he taught. Um, he taught a process on how to process emotions, and uh, um, and so fast forward, I I, I changed my life. Uh, you know, I became a realtor at that time. I was in a in a job I I hated. I had hit the glass ceiling. I wasn't advancing. And, um, uh, I was going through a divorce at the time. I was able to save my marriage and I was able to move ourselves out of where we lived and bought a house, became a realtor. I mean, life really changed uh, once I took control. And, um, in 2010, I was uh, actually the crash of 2008. I was a full-time realtor at the time and it really devastated my business. And I knew that I had to do something else. I knew I had a story. I had been, you know, helping women, even in my real estate business, I, would help when I would see that someone was suffering from depression or you know was having a tough time in life I, I for some reason God always brought me people that I can help uh, and so I would share I would share the book that helped me I would share you know just some strategies and uh, so when the market crashed and I had to do something else I, I just I decided you know I have the story to share and you know let's let's do it so I started to uh, learning how to be a, a speaker, a trainer, a coach, I realized, you know, I can share this. I can share my message and, and help women too, who are going through what I'm going through and, you know, feeling what I'm feeling or, you know, and I had the resources and the tools to to help them, you know.
0: Isn't, isn't that amazing how you got out of bed and turned on the television and right then and there, God is sending you a message. To, he's speaking to you right then and there.
1: I call that moment a divine moment because there is no, I was literally, um, my brain was awake. I couldn't move. And they say that before you kill yourself, there's a split second of regret. Well, before I had fallen asleep, I, had t- I was looking at my sleeping pills and they were on the side of the beds because I used to have severe insomnia and then severe just sleeping all the time. But I had these pills and I remember looking at them and thinking, oh man, that would feel really good to just take those and not feel anymore. And I was in uh, suicidal, uh, I was in the deepest de- depth of depression. I had suicidal thoughts, but the only thing that kept me from committing suicide was I didn't want anybody to raise my kids. Like, I had this, just I loved my kids, but it was truly, I don't know what it was pride, call it, but I did not want my husband because we were going through a divorce at the time. I didn't want anybody else to raise my kids. So I knew I, you know, I, I wouldn't hurt myself, but I thought about it all the time. Um, and so, in that split second, when I began screaming in my head, I was screaming for God to help me. Like, picture the loudest scream outside of yourself while it was happening in my head. And in that split second, when I felt that surge of energy and this panic to hurry up and turn the TV on. I didn't know why I was so panicked to find the remote to turn the TV on. And as soon as I sat down and he pointed, it was like he was talking exactly to me. Like it was like, you, if you're suffering from depression, and you're feeling, you know, and you've gone through, you know, a, a tough childhood, abuse, sexual abuse, physical, all these things he named off. And I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me. <laughs> so to me, that is total God's intervention right there. And even even being able to um, to get into what I'm doing now, it's, God has just, yeah, opened open doors and I I love
0: your energy and your passion and I'm so glad you didn't take that bottle of pills because
1: you have so much to
0: share and and I have a wonderful story to to share okay so so tell me give me some some details as to what you do
1: or what you did to help yourself through so for me um the biggest thing was I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and being depressed. I was sick of the lack that I was living. I was going everywhere. psychologist psychiatrist, everywhere I could go to, to, to figure out why and how I need to heal this and no one can help me. So I, I feel like that day I was just at the point of, I have to fix this, that I made a decision that I was never going to go back. I, found something that can help me, I was going to do what it took to to do it. So um, the biggest thing is acknowledging that depression is a symptom of unprocessed emotions from our past. And ultimately, this is my message. And my my big mission in the world is to change the way the world sees and understands depression, um, especially the medical community. I mean, that is just uh, huge for me. But um, so uh, understanding that that's what it is the process, the main process that I learned at that time. And if that wasn't, that's not the only thing that I teach in my life department Academy. I actually teach, um, the process to build confidence, courage, and clarity, which is ultimately, um, there's seven parts to it. So, um, the healing letter process is the most biggest part. If you want to truly change from the fundamental parts of you to heal your past. And so, um, that's really big. And I, I was self-loathing. Once you're in that pit of depression, you are self-loathing. You, you, you literally have negative thoughts about ourselves. I think they say um, we have, oh, gosh, ninety. 90% of our thoughts, oh, I, I forgot the number, but um, a certain percentage of our thoughts are negative and they're about ourselves. And so I had to reprogram the old programming. Um, I had to build my confidence, my self-esteem, and especially my self-love. So there was a lot of other strategies that I've learned along the way and I packaged them. And now that way I had to go through different routes to, to figure it out and different people taught me different things. Um, and so now to save people time, I pretty much package what, what I what I did. But um, a big part is that, is processing uh, the emotions, building the confidence through affirmations. Affirmations are huge, Um, low self-esteem, low confidence. Um, All that comes from old programming, but it also comes from a habit of of negative thinking. So if you understand how habits work and the, the the brain, the pathways, neural pathways that we create, because of neuroplasticity, we are actually able to recreate new neural pathways of thinking positive. So that's where affirmations come in. Um, probably the biggest shift for me too is my gratitude journal Um, at that point in the depths of depression, I could not think of anything. It was so hard for me to think of anything positive, anything good. Everything was just misery. And so one of the things that I learned in this book too, was a gratitude journal. And I would get my gratitude journal. I'd wake up in the morning. My feet didn't even touch the floor. I would grab my book and write three things I was grateful for. Even though I didn't feel them, I faked it till I made it. Like another thing I used to do too, is I used to get a pen or a pencil And I would put it in my mouth. So if you put a pen or a pencil in your mouth, it actually makes you smile. That releases serotonin in your body. And so I would stick it in my mouth and I would walk around the house and my girls were at four and five years old at the time. And they'd look at me like, what the heck is this chick doing, you know? But, um, um, so just, I did little, little things, little steps. It was, it was uh, several little things that I did to build a confidence, but they were huge transformational things. Does that make sense? It Um, it does.
0: I love it. And I love that you talk about your gratitude journal and how you couldn't think of anything that you were grateful for because I've been there myself. I mean, I think one day I put that I was grateful for the cute dress that I had on that day because I couldn't think of anything else that I was grateful for because I felt like my life was so miserable at that very time. So sure. I love that you share that. It's so, yeah. so important. It's
1: huge. huge. That is probably the number one step. If anybody wants to change anything is start writing a gratitude journal. Um, even if you don't feel the gratitude, just write it. Like, like I said, fake it till you make it. I truly believe that because the repetition of it, it actually programs into your subconscious mind which is what you're needing to reprogram Um, and it really helps it really shifts your focus Uh, gratitude shifts your focus to the things that you have and it allows you to have more of the good things um, that you you know that you have so
0: well and we in today's world you know with social media and the instant gratification we look uh, outside for all these wonderful things and think we're missing out because we see the surface life of everybody else, and so we feel like we're not we're not enough, and we can't com- you know you can't compare your real life to their Facebook life or their Instagram life, and so you know staying in gratitude meet, helps keep you present and helps helps keep you focused and keeps you in today.
1: And I think, too, happiness, so so much uh, I find people are, are looking for happiness. They're just, oh, they're searching, they're buying that new thing, and really happiness comes from inside. And to me, it's linked to all the old, unprocessed emotions from our past. So happiness is something that we have within ourselves and it's a choice. You can choose to be happy that day or to be sad. Ultimately I find though sometimes depression definitely is what I've shared about, um, unprocessed emotions from our past, but I've encountered some women where it's actually become a habit. So depression, they do have some, um, emotional traumas from their past, but it's almost like at three o'clock every day, they turn on this mode of like, Oh, I think I'm going to be depressed now, not consciously, but subconsciously. And so it does become a habit. So uh, breaking that habit, too, of not being sad, but being happy, that could also, you know, be beneficial, uh, to. And acknowledging that happiness truly is a choice. I mean, it truly uh, is a choice. I love that. I love that you are, I, and I'm all about reprogramming the brain
0: and um, affirmations and habits. And, you know, we fill our, our head with so much negativity. It, it comes from Early childhood, our teachers, our parents, you know, uh, siblings. our siblings, and then uh, the bullies at school. And we don't really know as we're growing up how much that impacts us and, and how much negativity is just embedded in our subconscious mind and, and just constantly trying to reprogram that. And like you said, the neural pathways that those those negative thoughts take in your head and, and reprogramming them to, to something positive.
1: I, you know, and I think too, so many times people believe that it's, it's, well, it's in there, it must be true. And it's just an automatic pilot. And that's the habit. It's just, you know, I had someone tell me one time, oh, affirmations don't work. And I said, okay, go home and uh, write, make a list of all the thoughts you tell yourself. And so they did that the next day got on a call and I said, okay, tell me the thoughts that you have. Well, I am stupid. I'm not smart enough. I said, those are affirmations. They're just negative affirmations. So now you turn those around to positive affirmations. So affirmations do work, but once you acknowledge that those are on automatic pilot, those aren't real. Those were put there from your past, from situations from your past, because as children, we interpret as children, we're not um, cognitive enough until a certain age. To really understand that when my mom called me an idiot, it wasn't really because she thought I was an idiot. It was just a word she decided to use because she was frustrated. But instead, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So for me, a lot of my negative self-talk was in Spanish because I grew up, I'm Hispanic. And so my mom was in my head a lot in Spanish, telling me these things, these negative things. So, um, but once I learned and I understood that I could reprogram all that, and it's a choice if I want to continue listening to it, Uh, that was a game changer for me because I knew that I didn't want to be the person that I was anymore. I had to change total parts of me because several parts of my life weren't working. You know, my, my career, my relationship with my spouse, how I was raising my kids. I was very short-tempered. Now they call it bipolar, but I was moody. Back then they called it moodiness. Um, You know, I had OCD. I had anxiety, panic attacks. I mean, I was a hot mess. So I knew that I had to change just the core of who I was to be able to live the life I wanted to live.
0: I I love that. I love how you were able to, to do that. And so I want, I want to ask you a little bit about your uh, life empowerment Academy. So tell me what you do with, you know, what that program looks like and, and how you take um, your clients through the steps and, and the successes that you've had.
1: So, um, so the life empowerment Academy, ultimately I started, um, the Life Empowerment Academy came about about two years ago when I started to, uh, share my message online. So when I initially started back in 2010, um, I started learning from Jack Canfield. Um, he wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Um, well, he had a training program. I went through two of his trainings and, um, I just, I wanted to have workshops and trainings just like him. And, you know, I wanted to, um, you know, be on stage and sharing my message and watching the women make transformations. And so in the beginning, it was just a lot of your traditional, I didn't have social media at the time. So it was your traditional, just, you know, workshops, one-on-one coaching, I would go to networking events, you know, get clients that way. And so, um, Um, so at the time it was, it was the life empowerment process. So what I teach in the life empowerment Academy is actually the life empowerment process. And what that is, is the process that I used to pull myself out of depression and to pull myself, um, um, to create. So uh, how can I put this? So, um, it helps me to, uh, create a work-life balance, um, because of what is taught in it. Um, the life empowerment Academy there's two folds to it. So I teach people that want to create a work-life balance, and then I teach people that are actively in depression. Um, and so I feel like I'm I'm hearing someone just came home, so I'm hearing them in the background. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so um, we were just talking about, like, taking
0: you know, some of the steps that you take your clients through. Steps,
1: um, right. In your so, academy. So ultimately in the Life Empowerment Academy, because it is now group coaching, I don't do the one-on-one coaching anymore. I've decided to do it via group coaching, via a Facebook group. Um, what I do is I teach them the process. So we go through eight weeks of the process. The first, you know, I explain to them what it looks like. And I share with them the strategies. And it's seven steps. But I share with them you know, it's reprogramming the brain. It's, um, uh, you know, building confidence, self-esteem and I share with them what it's going to look like. Uh, but I then teach them the strategies. So like I said, there's seven strategies. Um, and, um, and then they're in the Facebook group, which gives them the group coaching Uh and allows them to ask questions. Uh, if they're getting stuck, a lot of it is emotional stuff. So in the beginning, it's, you know, what is it, where are you at now? Write that down. Where do you want to be? Write that down. You know, um, I help them create very simple vision boards. Not, I'm not talking about, you know, these big grand things, but a very simple, you know, I want to be healthy and focused or just, you know, one thing in the seven parts of our lives that we have. Um, and um, um, so I had, I've had several women that I have um, taught the process to they haven't been in the deepest parts of the depths of depression because at that point I feel like they definitely need medical help. Um, I can't help a suicidal person either. So I don't, yeah, I don't help people that deep in it, but if they're feeling stuck and they have, you know, they know that they're suffering from depression, they know that they want more. um, Those are the women that I, I can actually help um, in that process. And a lot of it is listening to them, listening where they're at. And then they might need, to do this process a little bit longer than the other process or, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's, um, it could be curtailed to someone specific, but it's also, um, the possibility of it changing a a wider group. I've only had, since I put it online, um, I've only had a few women in there. So the group coaching is very new. Um, but yeah. Super exciting.
0: Well, and the, with the group coaching, you also get feedback from your peers as well, which yeah. you have that support from each other. So yeah. that's, that's
1: another, another well, book. do. it helps people or mainly women. I, I mainly help women. I have coached a man. I'm actually currently one-on-one coaching a man right now, but um, it's, it's, It helps people realize that they're not alone, especially women. And as women, we tend to seclude ourselves or, or we have so much on our plate that we don't have time to connect with other women. And it helps people, women realize that they're not alone, that there are other people going through it and that they are going to get through it because if, if you actively see that someone's come out of it, you know, and their life is where they want it to be, it's going to give them that encouragement to be able to get to that point too
0: well and you're such a great mentor and role model for them because you lived through it and experienced it and so you you know you know what they're going through you feel it you can empathize with them
1: definitely and so um someone had asked me how is it that you're teaching them you know these type of strategies and teaching people that aren't depressed a work life balance so a lot of the strat- strategies that i teach are strategies that i would use in even use till this day back when I was in real estate and I would have to, you know, I was full-time realtor and I had all five of my kids. I had to be super intentional. I had to be completely focused in my day. And so a lot of the strategies that I teach are, are strategies, not just to pull out of depression, but excuse me, to Actually, help you to be more focused in your present day, and be more intentional with your life, and and be fully present for your kids or for your spouse or you know for for anything that you're doing. Um, I think the world that we're in now, everything is just you know very automatic pilot. Honestly, we're not living very consciously, and so um, a lot of the strategies that I teach have to do um, with the current day and age and being, bo- being able to create the work-life balance. So work-life balance to me is not just time management. That is part of it. But another, the other part for me of work-life balance is the actual um, being of feeling balanced, of feeling um, that you're fully present and alive and focused and currently being um, feeling the gratitude, but experiencing life the way you want to experience it. So for me, work-life balance, again, like I said, it's not just time management, it's it's an actual state of being. Um, uh,
0: so Marcella, can you like maybe share some tips and tricks about how you stay mindful and focused um, in the very present moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a, a few things um, that I like to do, and, and some of these I do daily. So Um, I, like I said, I have two children left at home, but I have, um, I'm a a business owner myself and I have a grandbaby now. And so for me, I know that if I'm not focused, then I'm not going to be present. And if, for instance, if I have something I have to do, I do this daily, the brain dump, um, the brain dump allows me to, um, if I'm feeling overwhelmed to, you know, get the thoughts out of my head. Uh, write incomplete list. So your brain only focuses on, only has seven points of attention. So I, th- that's super small, super little. I, I'm going to date myself here, but back in the day when the computers first came out, um, you could only open so many tabs on a computer, and then the brain, the, the computer would shut down. Well, the brain is the same way. The brain only has seven points of attention. So if you're filling it with, I got to pick up the laundry. Oh, I forgot to send that email to that client. Oh, gosh, I forgot to get the tire change or, you know, you're filling it up with all these other things. By the time you get to the seventh point, if you give it one more point, your brain shuts down and you're in overwhelm. So for me to be fully present and focused, I have to brain dump. I have to get out whatever I have to do, create a incomplete list from there. And then from there, I delegate what I can. Because I am, I'm just one person. I cannot do everything, and so um, the brain dumping is probably really huge. Another thing is is meditating. To me, there's there's two parts to meditation. One is prayer, and the other is meditation. So I I pray, which you know I, I thank God for what I have. Um, I pray for others, and then I ask for what I want and what I need. And so um, with that, then i then I'm quiet. And then I meditate quietly and, and I invite the Holy Spirit in and I say, okay, guide me, show me how, show me how to do this. Show me what I need to, you know, be fully present or whatever it is that's going on in that day. So for me, prayer meditation is another strategy that I use often. Um, and uh, the brain dumping and the breathing, I, I don't think we realize that we, we don't take deep enough breaths to really be focused. Your brain loves oxygen. Um, if you ever notice that when you yawn, you go... <laughs> Well, it's because your brain's not getting oxygen. Um, and usually you yawn because you're so relaxed or you're tired, but it's because your brain is lacking oxygen. So taking a few minutes throughout the day and just taking deep breaths. I mean, don't do it. If you're not used to doing that, don't do it while you're driving because uh, its uh, it could make you dizzy. But... You know, being mindful and conscious of the fact, you know what, I I am holding a lot of tension in my chest. Let me take a deep breath right now, and then I'll do four. I'll take uh inhale slowly, I'll hold it for four seconds, and then I slowly exhale, I hold it for four seconds, and then I slowly inhale. I do that like three or four times, and oh, I just feel so focused and ready to go. For me, the focus, your brain being focused and having clarity is the very first steps to being fully feeling fully balanced and alive, and, and focused. Um, I, I,
0: couldn't, I couldn't agree more, and I too practice all of those things that, that you have just shared, so um, I think they're so important. Um, Marisela, I want to um, recognize you for, and acknowledge you for, for being vulnerable, and for coming on and sharing your story, and for giving us some tips and tricks to, to be intentional, to stay focused, to be mindful, and where can we um, find you and how can we support you?
1: Absolutely. Um, so my my I have a website, of course, marcellaabasa.com. If you go to the top of the page, um, I do give away a free resource there. Uh, enter a name and email and you can get a downloaded PDF. I'm actually working on changing that into a visual course. I like video. Um, I like, uh, you know, sharing my message live. Um, but I think I'm going to change it to a a video course, but for now it's a, it's a downloaded PDF, three things you can do to, um, feel less stress and and have more focus. Um, and if you Google my name, Marcella Basta, you'll find all my social medias. Um, my life empowerment Academy is not open right now, but I am going to be opening doors again here soon. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, all my social medias, you know, feel free to follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I've been focusing more on Instagram right now. Um, and so definitely that's where I post most things. I also have a, an all-women's uh, group that I've started building called um, um, Happy Balanced Lives for Women by Marcella Bassa. But if you Google my name, um, I think uh, on my social media, Marcella Bassa on Facebook, it, it'll give you the option to link to that too. So
0: and I'll put all of those in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. And thanks again
1: for sharing your story and being vulnerable. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited that I was able to share that.
0: Wow. What a powerful story. Thank you, Marcella. I appreciate you sharing with me and I will link everything up in the show notes If you want to share this episode, rate this episode, review this episode, and subscribe to Recognize Your Truth, it will help me move up in the infamous algorithms of podcasting. And the music is by Julio Ortiz. Again, I'm so grateful that y'all are listening. Thank you. first time in my life, in my life, in my skin,
1: so alive.